world of thrills, a world of drama, of apes and tights, a world where death is a revolving door. Welcome to the Geek Matrix. Hello, everybody. It's the DC Comics Review Show number 163, if I remember my numbers right. It's the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes. It's Rob here, and joining me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Josh. Howdy, howdy. We're not skipping Brandon. Brandon will be in later. Hey, yeah. Rob, did you hear that Toei is doing a crossover with Dragon Ball? They're, they're, they're your, first... your dad joke messed up. <laughs> they're, Toei uh, owns they're... Dragon Ball. <laughs> What's that? Toei owns Dragon Ball. Uh, well, sorry. Sorry. Um, Go ahead. Sorry, that was my inter- Super Sentai. Super Sentai was going to be doing a crossover with Dragon Ball. It's going to be called Kamehameha Haman Rider. Uh, <laughs> You're uh, right. Uh, all right. All right. I'll let me try again. Let me try again. What do Jason oh. Todd and a drunk bird have in common? Nothing. They've both spent too much time with the crowbar. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. God damn. <laughs> and I thought I was having a hard day. You just made it worse. <laughs> uh, would have been wetter, better if I would have known the Super Sente thing. Yeah. And I, I was wondering what you were asking in chat how to pronounce Toei. <laughs> well, that was why. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so Brandon will be here a little bit later. He's having some transit trouble. I know how that goes. I face it every single day because my hometown's transit system rocks. GTO's transit system is better than a lot of places here in the States. Let me tell you. It stinks. (laughs) You have to, I mean, you have to memorize the whole flipping city. The whole flipping city, if you want to be able to get around on a bus. At least in my experience. It's, it's like, ridiculously difficult. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. No, <clears throat> it, it's, it's not. Uh, all right, well, for those of y'all paying attention out there and saw the week's releases for DC, two things will become apparent. One, we survived. We made it. We're we out did. of the night terrors. Woohoo! It's done, finito, gone, and we're back to our regularly scheduled comics. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, and to make up for that two-month break, the second thing you might have noticed is the sheer volume of releases this week. <laughs> There's three new number ones. <laughs> Uh, so a, we're covering a lot of books this week, down to the point that out of the what, 11 releases, only two are, honor, are on honorable mentions. Yeah, which is crazy, but yeah. also necessary. Exactly, because we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about, which we will be getting into a little bit later. Y'all know how it goes. We start off with news. What's going on, Josh? Oh, Anything? Got any news? Well, not in 
the personal life. Still, everything's still a little rocky there. But as far as with the world outside, just a, just a couple of things. Um, really, more two comments on anything. Kirkman's new mystery book. Uh, he he said that he was gonna do a a book at Marvel that he swore he would never work on. No, not Kirkman. Er. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, the hell's the name? <laughs> oh, man. See, now you got me thinking about Robert Kirkman and Transformers, and I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go back and look, and that's going to be hard to do. Uh, uh, Future Foundation. Hickman. Hickman. Yeah, I said Kirkman. Yes. Kirkman, Jonathan yeah. Hickman is uh, coming off of his massive runs. And um, going into something apparently that not only we shouldn't have expected, but he didn't expect. And man, that's really saying something. I I haven't followed his career like you guys have, but I mean, if you know the name Jonathan Hickman, you the, the first thing I think about, and I think probably most comic fans is going to be the X Men. I mean, for most recently, yes, but because I didn't read it when I hear Jonathan Hickman, my first thought is Fantastic Four, because mm-hmm. he had a very long run on Fantastic Four that was very fucking good, uh, and, including the sister book FF for Future Foundation. Uh, it was so freaking good. Uh, Hickman did Future Foundation as well. Yeah, I see. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I, I don't remember if he wrote that book specifically, but it spun out of his Fantastic Four run. Okay. Uh, he laid the I'm building. Pretty sure he did rate it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did rate Future Foundation though, at least to start. Uh, there were two Future Foundation teams though, if I remember right. There was FF where they had the white costumes. Unless I'm getting it confused, because there was a secondary team. It was a book called FF, and it had uh, Scott Lang. She-Hulk, uh, Medusa, if I remember right. I think it was She-Hulk. Maybe it wasn't She-Hulk. But there was some next team <laughs> that, that took over when the Fantastic Four were away. I don't remember when that took place. He did not rate that. It was very zany, but it was interesting. I'm mixing up a whole bunch of different timelines where the Fantastic yeah. Four was not the Fantastic Four, and I'm seeing oh, Spider-Man, She-Hulk, and Wolverine. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, there, was, there was that that classic Fantastic Four replacement, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, Hulk, and Spider-Man, and then Reed and Sue went away during Civil War, so Black Panther and Storm took their places alongside Ben and Johnny. That was interesting. I can imagine. Yeah, Totally was... different. Totally different atmosphere for the Fantastic Four, that's for sure. Yeah, it was very different, but it was also very good. There was that brief period where Ben was away. I think he was depowered, and and Jennifer Walters took over as She-Hulk. Uh, yeah. So there's Walters, been there's the been one. quite a few. Howdy, very viewers! Fantastic. How's it going out there? We see I got a couple. We got a couple viewers. I'm peeking here at the top of our Ooh. chat. So hello, thanks for tuning in. Say hi, subscribe, like, download, print out some advertisements, hand them out at your mall. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Jennifer Walters. Right. 
the point is Hickman is writing something new. He won't say what it is. He didn't expect to ever write it because he always said he wouldn't a character or a type of book. And now he is because he found a way into it. Which seems that he did not expect. Like a ghost rider, a Spider-Man, a Doctor Strange or a Moon Knight. Like I am secretly hoping, as I'm sure a lot of people are, it's Spider-Man. <laughs> Take over ASM, get Nick Spencer off that book, give us Hickman on Spider-Man. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Because this man, he spins tales. He weaves just constructs stories. Yeah, he doesn't just tell a story, he builds a world around it and makes you give a shit about it. Yeah, and his uh, runs go on a few years, and it's one long fucking story, like we've seen with X-Men, like we've seen with Fantastic Four. Like, it's some good shit. So if he gets on Spider-Man, that's gonna revolutionize the character, and I might actually enjoy Spider-Man comics again. It's been a while since I heard you say that. I don't think you've ever heard me say that. <laughs> I haven't enjoyed Spider-Man comics in 10 years. Yeah, that's sad. But yeah. also what I've heard, I, I haven't read that shit in a long time. You know, I picked up the big stuff, um, but that was it. I think the last time I actively read Spider-Man, like go out and buy every issue, was Maximum Carnage. God, it was like what thirty years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I was I was all the way in it for the Ben Riley Kane stuff. I absolutely loved that. <laughs> but uh, other than that, not not really a whole lot has attracted me to Spider Man. It just Spider Man's one of those characters where you're like, yeah, he's super cool, but every story is going to be the same, kind of like Batman. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what Hickman, who's used to writing a plethora of characters all at one time, is going to do with Spider-Man, who does have a shitload of, of characters, but at what point would that become across the Spider-Verse? Yeah. Yeah, like there's there's a fine line where X-Men is clearly a team book. Fantastic Four has multiple characters in it. Amazing Spider-Man, sure, he's got a lot of characters in his family or his world, but it's about him. Right. Nobody else is starring in that title. So. Well, at least but, for now. Anyway. Yeah. But this <laughs> is all, all speculation anyway. Like, I'm just hoping it's Spider-Man. It could be Ghost Rider. It could be Black Panther. It could be fucking Iron Man. It could Who be knows? Iron Man. Hey, Liam Sauce, thanks for dropping into the chat. Liam Sauce over there watching on YouTube. Howdy, howdy. Uh, hello. So I've only got the Twitch chat open. I do not see the YouTube chat. You'll have to keep up to the that. That's fine. I just got the multi-stream going. Um, so, uh, uh, oh, the other thing. Um, yes, the other <laughs> We're supposed to get super excited because one of the variant covers um, for number three of Tom King's Blunder Woman shows her in the all-white 1960s super short go-go uh, dress. I don't know why I'm supposed to get excited for that, Wait, but who's apparently... Who's supposed to be excited about it? What? 
who said you're supposed to be excited about it. All of the articles that were mentioning it that I was reading, and I mean, were, were any of these like Screed Rant or? Well, CPR there, there's or... there's literally <laughs> nothing else out there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's NPC, yeah, but they don't have a lot of news for DC right now. No. But they keep to like good news, like actual freaking news, and that's why you get all this bullshit from these other people that want to say, "Hey, look at this variant cover for Wonder Woman number three. Isn't it fucking awesome? You should be happy." Okay, no, I... it might look cool, but why does that matter? It's a fucking variant cover. <laughs> the idea that she'll show back up in the white dress is ridiculous. Um... But it's just a variant cover; it has nothing to do with right. the story. And. and... I mean, and she's not, she's not going to show up like that in a comic because the variant covers are just variant covers. Right. So why do I need to get excited about that? And exactly. I mean, furthermore, the fucking Wonder Woman comic is all going to be about introducing Wonder Woman's Joker. I don't know oh, yeah, that shit. This, this new Amazonian. Yeah. I don't need that shit. Wonder Woman doesn't need her own Joker. She literally fights gods, like a yeah. lot, and she's got a whole bunch of shit that she's supposed to be going through right now. Like Ares is her Joker, if anything. If anything, right? Doesn't need a new one. That's just fucking dumb. But anyway, that's all the news I got. Like I said, more comments than anything. But um past that like rob said we've got two honorable mentions today uh the joker the man who stopped laughing number 10 which i gave an eight out of ten to and peacemaker tries hard number five which i gave a 7.5 out of 10 to so uh you know the deal by now if you want to hear about those you gotta tune into the bonus show and that means that's where you'll be able to hear Justice Society of America number six, Blue Beetle number one, Fire and Ice, Welcome to Smallville number one, and Birds of Prey number one. So that's a lot of number ones. No skipping. No skipping the uh, the bonus episode this week, kids. Get yeah, on in. There's some good stuff on there. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Kami Hami Hamen Rider. Just <laughs> kidding. Sense. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't wait to get into the Sentai discussion and give you my reasoning for Blue Beetle. It'll be very interesting to hear hear what you've got to say about yeah. that. It's very minor. <laughs> very <laughs> but minor. Also, but also makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um... Since Brandon's not here, there's one thing I'll bring up, which you might find fun. Okay. Jay Uso's back. Jay Uso. Yeah. He said, "Ah, oh, Sammy, come here. That wasn't yeah. very Uso of me, was it?" <laughs> that was so freaking cool. It was cool. Yeah, when he said Uso. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. um. It's good to see Jay break away from the bloodline bullshit. And turn face at that, where his brother is full heel. Which, okay, let's let's talk about Jay before we get into Jimmy, all right? Okay. Jay being a face, Jay and Jimmy 
regardless of the shit that they do in the ring. They've been the Usos forever. That's how they operate. They've always been faces, even when they're heels, just like The Rock. Yeah. They're in that... They're, yeah, they're in that same vein where they can come out and fuck people up illegally every single night, just like they have been doing for a long fucking time, and people still go crazy. Yeah. Moving Jada Raw. Now he's a face. Now he's a guy that's trying to make up for the things that he's done, and everybody there fucking hates him. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to have some adversity shit to overcome. We, we, we've got... Uh, several people who have a big problem with him. Uh, McIntyre, Riddle, Kevin Owens. I mean, so many are going to be pissed at Jey Uso. So his storyline is going to be nice and solid for at least a year. I hope so. Um, Roman is fucking Roman. You know, uh, we're not going to... That story isn't going anywhere. They might bring in... Really, all they can do is bring in some of the, uh, um, oh, damn it, Annoy family and uh, try and spice things up. Might get Rikishi in there. Well, we've been waiting for Rikishi, but the time might have passed now. And it, that's the, it's, 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 I just don't see where else they can go with Roman Reigns. And I think they made a really, I think that the writing did it. I think what happened with Jimmy is fucked up, and I think it's because of the way that it was written. Because yeah. initially, Jimmy was the one trying to get Jay out the bloodline. All right? And yeah. then Jay comes out the bloodline and gets mad at Jimmy for it. So now Jimmy's the bad guy, and he's he, he, he lost Jay, and he's not with the bloodline he, he wants nothing to do with solo or roman he's made that perfectly clear Who, so, Jimmy? yeah see i thought that too but i fell asleep during the end of, of smackdown last week uh -huh. um where solo had that match against aj yeah and jimmy got involved to help solo as his brother but he doesn't want anything to do with roman he now, maybe not with roman but but he's he's still helping Solo. Solo is his brother. I wouldn't expect anything less. Hopefully, it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. And will Solo eventually end up on a tag team with Jimmy? That could happen. I could see it. Like maybe I see what you're getting. Like where where Jay yeah, so it's starting to make a bit more sense. He interrupted Jay's match with Roman for the title to keep him away from winning the title and becoming the new leader of the bloodline. He wanted him out of the bloodline and he did that. Jay quit. Yep. And now he's as far away from the bloodline as possible while still having a job. So now Jimmy's doing what he can to get to solo and get solo out. And then yep. all of a sudden, there's Roman. Yep. But this so whole Jimmy's time, still playing that that game. Okay. Yep. But this whole time, Jimmy's gonna be painted out to be a heel. Again, for at least a year. Yeah. 
I, I, I will at least until WrestleMania. Yeah, at least until WrestleMania. Yeah, because that's that's where it's heavily believed that the Bloodline story will end is WrestleMania 40. And God, I hope so. Because it's, it's gotten fucking old. It's gotten <laughs> really fucking old. It really is. I mean... Okay. It naturally progresses to the point where there's infighting, there's people wanting outs, there's people within the Bloodline fighting each other. That's where you end it. That's where you began. You had your rise. This is your fall. Yeah, that dragging. should be it. Quit dragging your ass around. Yeah. But no. Roman needs three months off. I don't fucking know. Yeah, Roman needs three months off. Roman is <laughs> like... Oh, I just had it here. In my... Damn it, I lost it. But Roman isn't even like a wrestler anymore. And that's unfortunate because, I mean, again, back in his Shield days, even though Dean Ambrose always got on my fucking nerves in ECW, um, they made a hell of a hell of a team with the Shield. Him, Rollins, AEW. Say again. Do you mean AEW? AEW. He's in AEW now. Yeah, but Ambrose wasn't in ECW. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, maybe he did come from AEW then. Well, no, he's in AEW now because AEW started like four years ago. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you. Are you talking about NXT? No. We're talking about the days of the Shield, dude, where Roman yeah. Reigns was like the size of a normal person. Yeah, but you're talking about Ambrose before that? Yeah. I don't know. Because ECW went off the air in like 2009. Pretty sure he came from ECW. I could be mistaken. Uh, let me check here. Um, but that That's when I thought that, that Roman Reigns was great. Rollins has blown up into a superstar. Um, he was an FCW. FCW, okay. Um, yeah. And then NXT. Uh, he, it's just not entertaining anymore. No, he really isn't. You know, I mean, he's he's this big, silent, I own everything thing, and, and he, he doesn't anymore. <laughs> what was that you or me uh i think that might have been you oh, okay sure. i i don't know um <laughs> i was just sitting here listening i don't know what happened <laughs> it, it booted it, it it this collab cam it's still a um what do they call it an experimental feature or whatever but it's working yeah. so far every once in a while if you disappear i just gotta go quick get them back but uh yeah, man, it's time to, for Roman to let that shit go. We need somebody in there that will actually be a fucking champ. Um, I hate the idea of Gunther doing it. I think that's fucking stupid. You're um, stupid. He's got zero personality. I don't care he's, about he's his got... in-ring attendance. His, 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 but that's his... the point of the character. You don't need personality. He's good in the ring. 
Hag Abbott. <laughs> he's written good in the ring. What do you mean written good? He shows off so did you watch the match with Gable for Monday night? I did. And it was a it was a good match. A but good it, match for both of them. Gunther is not Gunther's not on, on Gable's level as far as being an in ring well, performer. I, no, I, I can I can agree with you there, but he's really fucking close. For Gable me, like should be Chad Gable push. and Kurt Angle are like the pinnacle of wrestling in WWE. It, it, oh, I gotta watch that fucking documentary. But I mean, if somebody's yeah. getting a fucking push, it shouldn't just be that big ass popsicle looking fucking dude. It it, it should be somebody <laughs> that it should take more than looking like a twin sickle to to to, to get you to be a star. And, okay, and so, unfortunately, that's the only thing that Gunther has going for him. In WCW, when Vince gets to chime in, that's all it fucking takes. Yeah. yeah, LA Knight, LA Knight should be light years pushed beyond Gunther. Gable, light years pushed beyond Gunther. There's a number of them that I could see that holding that... I, okay. Breaking the Honky Tonk record, breaking the San Martino record. I think both of those as an end goal were fucking stupid, especially to do it back to back. I mean, he's he's not going to break the San Martino record because San Martino's record is six plus years. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, so he, he's got to hold it for another three fucking years. I really hope they don't do that. <laughs> no. I mean, if they if they were to let that fucking happen, it it would be done, dude. Like. Yeah. People would be so fucking bored. Nobody would even give a shit about the, about the undisputed champion. They already don't give a shit about that. It, and But it's yeah. the real he, championship. He's defended that title four times this year. Yep. Rollins has defended his title to the point that he is not medically cleared to compete anymore. <laughs> Which hopefully yeah. doesn't end up with a vacant title. No. I hope not. Um, the break of the hockey talk record, though, I think is fine because that that record in terms of day count is under a year, so it's not excessive. But uh, doing doing them both in the same fucking year, that was just that's, that's just how the time frame came out. The, Roman didn't really break any records. I think he's still like the third longest title holder for what, the WWE Championship, I guess it is? Yeah. Um, but he's the third longest. The whole big deal is the fact that he broke a thousand days. Not many people get into the four digits. Uh, but I don't think it should have happened at all. No, it's really dumb. He, he should have so lost it at Mania to Cody. But Cody had to finish a story that is unclear what the story is. Uh the story is him getting that fucking championship for his dad. Getting it right off the bat, I think that would have been bad storytelling. I do. Um, the Brock shit was completely fucking stupid. I saw that um, last match. That last match was really good. <laughs> I'll admit. I oh, didn't the, do shits about the first two matches, but the third one was actually really good. The third, yeah. The, it, was, it was a damn good match, but the whole purpose behind it, there wasn't it. No, they could have actually it completely differently. They never really explained why Brock attacked Cody. Ever. 
Like there was nothing. It was just something high profile for Cody to do while they meander around with all these other unimportant, nobody gives a shit storylines. Because Cody Rhodes is not going to be holding the Monday Night Raw belt. No. He'll be holding the undisputed belt. And when that fucking happens, that's it's going to have to be over a year because it's going to involve a, a, a draft. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I just hope next year they do it a lot better. Phew. If they do, if they do the WWE draft again, actually shake some stuff up. Don't just swap factions. <laughs> like that right. was really stupid. Uh, actually shake some stuff up. Split up some tag teams. Yeah. Make new ones. Yep. Make some shit happen. Make yep. Josh happy. Like how they some of the the big twists in the past they've done, uh, they've had announcers switch sides. Uh, yeah. Like like they even had there was one draft where they had Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross, like the longtime commentary duo, mm-hmm. and then Jerry was drafted to SmackDown, and then he just got up and left. <laughs> like it was so weird, but so cool to see that they were even including ring announcers. So There's like everybody is eligible to be drafted. But then you had ones like, for example, John Cena. He was drafted twice in one night, which was really weird. But it was like an auto lottery. It was just picked at random. There wasn't like people behind a door picking on purpose. Right. Which seems fucking weird in and of itself. But yeah. Anyway. That was the kind of twist that I enjoyed. And I wish they kept going with that. But no, they. Here, we're drafting the entire fucking bloodline. What? Yeah, should have been one person at a time, and hopefully they'll do that next time. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we have, we've waited around for a long-ass time for Brandon. Um, shall we uh, get Let's started? Get and... Yeah. Let's do it. I tell you what, I'm gonna mark us down for a... Uh, Oh, no, I'm not. (laughs) All right. Uh, We're going to pop in here for a real brief commercial break on our regular podcast channels for Spotify. And then come right back. All right. Done. And we are back. (laughs) All right. That was fast. It was so fast. Um. All right, let's kick it off with Steelworks, shall we? As you were. Steelworks number four, written by Michael Dorn, art from Sammy Basri and Vicente Sifuentes, colors Andrew Dalhouse, letters oh, Rob okay. Lee, and that cover came from Eddie Barrows and Adriano Lucas. Um, as important as this issue was to the overall story, it reads super fast, and the summary goes fairly much the same way. Following up the events where Lana's latent superwoman abilities emerged and Superboy lost control of his heat vision, John Henry Irons is back in the lab running some tests. Meanwhile, Silver Mist, or rather his, rather his boss, Mr. Walker, um, thinks now is the perfect time to break into Steelworks again. Irons sets up a decoy, and Silver Mist broke in and destroyed it. Iron later moves the real Genesis fragment 
but did it in front of people, which of course means that the secret, secret hiding spot isn't exactly so secret. The real robbery takes place now, but here's the thing. Steele has a Genesis Orb, and now Walker has a Genesis Orb, but there's only one Genesis Orb. So who has the real one? Um, I guess we'll find out. I continue to really enjoy the art in the series. It's done really well. And I love the story. It's fun. Introduces a few pretty cool concepts, like further story with the Genesis. Lana's Superwoman again. All of the supers have been affected by this at a molecular level. Um, while the series might be ending soon, the things done in this book are going to offer all of the other Metropolis writers a lot to play with, and I hope they handle it the right way. I'm, I'm all about this. I wish it was an ongoing, because I would like to see where Dorn himself would take things if given another three to six issues, but I will take this, and this will take an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, so I'm going to really lead right away. They did kind of answer that question you had, like who has the real Genesis orb? Um, yeah, like I, I had to like double check it. I had to go back and reread it just to make sure I wasn't confused. Um, but it happened so quickly, like it's easy to miss. It was really weird how it was done. Uh, when John was sitting on the rooftop with Clark and Lana, mm -hmm. he mentioned like that this isn't the real Genesis orb because if it is, you two would be going crazy right now. Uh, see. So which which means Walker has the, the real reaction. Genesis order. Yeah. Yeah. So like he said, I may be smart, but I'm not smart enough to not get tricked like, the second time today or something like that. Um, which would have been the cleaning crew. Yeah, because they showed Mr. Walker got the orb. The cleaning crew had it. So... It was still kind of weird how that happened because John went in to retrieve an orb before the cleaning crew got there. Mm -hmm. So I don't know when or how it got switched. <laughs> I don't know. That that whole part was kind of weird. Um, it was. This, issue, this issue was a lot more interesting for me, but I'm still not sold on the series. There, there's a couple of inconsistencies like the part I just told you about. Um, I'm not completely sold on the art as... as dynamic as it can be at times uh i'm just not completely sold in the story but it's it's interesting enough to be interesting so i, I gave it a seven out of ten maybe seven seven point five on a good day seven point five on a good day been a long time <laughs> since i heard that man right brandon <laughs> <laughs> oh he is here he is here he is here Hey, it's so hot. I'm sorry. I, oh, I ended up just having to walk the last leg of it. So I'm shit. First. Is it hitting near like the? Is it in the 90s right now? Uh, it was like close to that earlier. I think it's 84 now. Last I checked. Yeah. Um, I I don't I can never remember like the uh, the conversion between Celsius and Fahrenheit. But since yeah. since Sunday we've been hitting. 30 plus degrees 40 with yeah you. yeah i have a teacher who is um he he's also on the celsius system and he said it was like we were in like 32 or something i don't yeah. know if that's hot that's that's pretty hot yeah okay. so that's, that's where we've been the past few days and then today we're supposed to have a thunderstorm but it kind oh, of yeah 
Yeah. I don't know Celsius because I, I only speak freedom. <laughs> I only speak freedom. <laughs> it's uh it's eighty seven in it's eighty seven down here, Rob, and that's thirty one degrees. Uh, Brandon, just just one request. Is there any way you can point your fan away from the microphone a little bit? I, I can try, um, but it's it's hard. It's I know. Out. If there's any, you can still have it on you if possible. Yeah. I, I want you to overheat. I know how it okay. feels. Yeah, no, I just kind of pushed it away. I don't know if that helps a little bit. Oh, that's yeah. good. Okay. Uh, well, you're just in time. We both just talked about Steelworks. You got any thoughts nice. about it? Um, nothing really. Brandon and I were both still here. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Weird, but go ahead. Yeah, as you were, Brandon. But yeah, no, I, I don't know that I had anything major to add. Just, you know, it was a fairly enjoyable issue. Um, and I gave it a 7 out of 10. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have all that much to say. Yeah. I get that. Uh, all right. Well, that was Steelworks. <laughs> very, was steel very works. simple. Um, all right. Now we're going on to City Boy number four, part of We Are Legends. This one is written by Greg Pak. With Thank Young, colors from Sebastian Cheng, and letters from West Abbott, with a very nice cover from Minkyu Young and Sunny Go. Uh, so. Marcus is a name, yeah. Marcus, he's now in Bloodhaven, uh, tracking down his mother, but he loses track of her her city image as he the city shows memories of the nuclear attack that devastated it, uh, all the way back during the final crisis. Infinite crisis. Infinite crisis. Awesome. Yeah, but, but the command it's, D center was yeah. yeah the command D center, um, which is where. Um, Oh God! I, I I don't remember the fake names that they were using, but basically, Commander oh, Bunker. Yeah, Glorious Godfrey yeah. acting under the guise of a priest, as well as two other new gods who I'm blanking on right now, were working out the Commandy, trying to engineer new soldiers and all that stuff. Uh, the, the the actual like destruction of Bloodhaven was an infinite. Yeah. No, actually, that's not even true. Well, kind of. I think it was happened. After. No, well, so it happened in, a lot of people kind of forget this, it happened in Under the Hood, because when Kemo was actually dropped on, on Bloodhaven, it was like a brief panel in Under the Hood, just to kind of show the power of the society, but they didn't really explore the damage of it until, I think it might have been the Teen Titans annual, just tie into Infinite Crisis. Oh, okay. That's where they really deal with it more, but the Command D Center is until Final Crisis. So, so I only I only said Final Crisis because the the text box says to yes, check yeah, yeah. check out the Final Crisis omnibus. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about it, but you have a point. Yeah, that is kind of weird that they said that. Unless it's in the omnibus, but who knows? Uh, anyway, he he sees a whole bunch of city spears just melting, and it's really fucked up. But then he's found by Nightwing. Uh, he gets um, Marcus gets freaked out. I really hope I'm not saying the wrong name. City boy. It is Marcus, right? Cameron? Okay. Who the hell is 
Who's Marcus? Marcus. Well, maybe they're gonna Marcus Taub, like artist. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know why I was thinking Marcus. Okay, Cameron. Yes, yeah. thank you. That makes more sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Cameron is gets a little spooked by Nightwing and his city powers uh, awaken the spirit of Bloodhaven, which takes the form of a bat. Um, they have a little brief um, discussion about shit going on, and Nightwing offers to help him find his mother if he helps him, uh, if Cameron helps him track down somebody else uh, somebody who went missing and is potentially tied to intergang and the apocalypse hordes uh, they do find the person the camera knows a little bit more about this person than nightwing does and realizes that none of this is really her fault uh, so he fights against nightwing to protect her uh, they have a brief skirmish are tracked down by intergang and ambush uh, dr makari centers there aka makari from apocalypse and Marcus goes a little haywire with the Bloodhaven Bat, uh, beginning to take over the city with more city, um, and then realizes he needs to get under control, stops the bass, and then the new god and intergang boom to away. Cameron leaves the girl with Nightwing, where he promises to keep her safe as he runs away, hides in the forest, and leaves the Bloodhaven Bat off to his own devices. Uh, he sits down by a tree, falls asleep, and is found by a certain emissary of the green. But we'll find out more about that in next issue. So for me, each issue is getting better and better. Uh, I'm curious if there's even really a big mystery with Cameron's mom, or if it's just uh, a plot device to get is there, is there really something deeper going on with where she went, or did they really just answer it here? Like it's kind of, kind of on my mind because it does feel like it just ended right now. I don't know. And also, why did the shape of Bloodhaven take the, the form of a bat? Wouldn't that be more Gotham's thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, bat family is gonna bat family, I guess. I would have thought yes. this would have been maybe a little bit too silly, but I felt the oh wow, I just turned my brightness up and my face lit up. Um, I thought the appropriate animal for Bloodhaven probably should have been a whale. Because Bloodhaven is supposed to be a whaling town. Yeah, maybe having a little a little floating whale would have looked too silly. I don't know. It definitely would have. <laughs> I think any kind sea life. I agree with you though. Like it's a port town. Yeah. It it prided itself. It, it I think it used to be like a place for sailors and pirates to just stop mm -hmm. and, and tow anchor, but yeah, or drop anchor. Um, the Nightwing's ass. There's all kind of sailors showing up. <laughs> <laughs> Very cheeky. Um, I guess if Metropolis has a dragon as its consciousness, then which I thought that was weird too. That. Yeah. Why not? Um, I don't know. I didn't really see it coming, but it looks like City Boy definitely has the potential for turning bad. Uh, Dark Side is all over this story, but I can't figure out exactly where yet. Obviously, he's the big bad, but how how does that organically tie in with what's been going on in the book so far? I mean, 
What I mean is, some of the book feels like a character piece on City Boy and his history, what got him here. And we're also seeing a bunch of stuff that is indicative of nothing but his future with Granny Goodness and Darkseid and Inner Gang working for Darkseid. And then we add Swamp Thing to the mix. When, when this kind of story gets told, the present often loses out and the story ends up worse for it. Um, I hope that won't be the case here. Oftentimes it is. This one, for me, was not as good as the previous issue. Things just got a little cloudier for me. The art is really good, and I, I mean, I enjoy the living daylights out of it. I don't hate the book by any stretch, but this was definitely not where it needed to be for me. The story feels muddy, and it's number four. That's not the greatest thing to do to a young book. Um... I want more from this. I was honestly, I was completely unimpressed when uh, I was completely unimpressed when it was when we read that first issue. Um, but up until this issue, I've been a big fan, and now I feel like it all went murky again. So, six point seven five out of ten for me. Um, I'm. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say I, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Still enjoyed it. Uh, just a lot of questions left to answer. Yeah, 8 out of 10 for uh, for me. I think, um, you know, it's definitely been improving since the first issue. Um, and I like that, I mean, while it may be a little bit much uh, for you, Josh, I do feel like, for me at least, like it's been nice kind of having both the character study of City Boy, just giving him a little bit more depth and, and uh added layers, I suppose you could say, um, while also kind of trying to build up the mystery of, you know, what lies ahead with his future. Is it going to be apocalypse, or is it going to turn towards light as a hero? Like, fairly simple, nothing revolutionary, but it's just kind of solid. So, um, in terms of the, the three We Are Legends books, like, many have a test, but I feel like this one's probably going to be, you know, your, your sleeper hit, if you will, um, where the spirit world and the vigil are kind of taking the center of attention this one's pretty solid so eight out of ten like solid story really like the arch nothing uh to complain about honestly right on uh all right now we're gonna move on to shazam number three number three yes yeah and brandon if you can take it away yes i can um, but I don't have the credits, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do that first. <laughs> I, I yeah um, probably should have wrote this down. Where do I put my issue? Ooh. Okay, Shazam number three. Let's see. Written by Mark Wade with art from Dan Mora, though they're both credited as storytellers with colors from Alejandro Sanchez and letters from Troy Pateri. Our issue opens, uh, resolving a little bit of a cliffhanger from, I think it was issue two, where um, Freddy had been investigating the Rock of Eternity and kind of stumbled on the classic heroes of Shazam, or the classic Olympians, or whatever you want to call them. Um, and this issue opens with Freddy captured by the champions, um, and uh, Freddy's kind of talking him. Hey, he's crippled. That's that's way out of pocket. Come on, man. Um, anyway, um, so Freddy is is now in the 
hands of the champions and Freddie is taunting them, saying that when Shazam comes for them, they're going to make him pay. But of course, they have nothing to fear because Shazam literally works for them. He invokes all of their names. So naturally, he's not going to save Freddie. He's going to work for them. But in the meantime, Freddie, when he returns, because they're not going to kill him, they're just going to send him back, uh, is going to serve the champions for a little bit, acting as their eyes and ears on the ground, watching Billy and making sure you know, he's doing what they want him to do ultimately. Um, but unfortunately, uh, while the other champions who have kind of tried to assert their control have failed up until this point in getting Billy to completely succumb to their will, Solomon, the, the proud, as he calls himself, um, or excuse me, not Solomon, Atlas, um, is, uh, is going to take the lead and take control, try and steer Billy towards the path that he wants him. Um, but we cut that back. Shit, that shit was funny. Yeah, in, no, in the, good old, it, good old Atlas. Yeah, good. It's nice to yeah. see these champions teasing each other after thousands of years. They still have a sense of humor. Right. Hey, hold um, this, hold this world for me for just a second, would yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> just like, come on, man. I've I've had to hold up the sky for like longer than humans have even thought there was a sky. Like, enough with the jokes. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we cut back to Fawcett City where Billy has had to make an unfortunate pivot. As we know, he was running his YouTube page covering uh, Shazam slash the captain and all his glory. But because he can't be the captain anymore, he's decided to focus on everyone's favorite hero, Metamorpho. <laughs> and all the comments are not happy with that. Uh, I thought that was funny. Um, but uh, of all sort the of heroes it, it, issues. Yeah, the, the next kind of segment of the issue follows Billy as he is uh, adjusting to having life without powers, which I thought was really interesting, um, just seeing Billy kind of on the ground level again, where he doesn't have access to Shazam and everything, um, kind of have to be human. Um, but in any case, uh, Billy is also having nightmares um, about the dangers of Shazam coming to the surface again. And even though there are other heroes out in Fawcett City or Philadelphia, or just on the East Coast in general that can take care of dangers, Billy still kind of feels like he should be, you know, having a hand in all of that. Um, but while he is sort of out and about, um, he notices that a bus is steering off course, which is, of course, Atlas is doing because Atlas is fed up with Billy not using his powers and decides to give him a little nudge, or at least the champions give him a little nudge. Um, and because no other heroes are around at that time and Billy is kind of privy to everything that's going on, he's forced to transform into the captain save the bus which just so happens to be filled with a bunch of people making their way uh to a conference at the united nations or something or they're coming from a conference in the united nations um made up of ambassadors from gorilla city and now they can go back which was was great um so billy gives them a lift over to gorilla city and even though he's sort of wary about having to use his powers again how could you pass up the opportunity of getting to see a literal city populated with gorillas? It's, it's too much. Um, so they're making their way uh, back. Sorry. I'm hearing like a weird buzzing. Is that my fan? Nope. It's on Rob's side now. Oh, okay. Anyway, I'll just keep talking. Um, so we can fix it. Um, but we cut back. We cut back to the Shazamily home um, where they're still entertaining the dinosaur lawyer who's waiting for them to fill out all the paperwork. And naturally, 
both Darla and Talkie Tawny um, don't want to have to deal with that, but they know that trouble is brewing on that side of things. Um, in Gorilla City, uh, Billy is given a task to help depose kind of this uh, evil warlord who's building technology on the moon. So he makes his way there, um, and it's kind of noting how more how much more powerful he feels um, in terms of everything uh, as he's coming up against you know all these these robot defenders and everything. And that's when he comes face to face with one Emperor Garguax. Um, I hope that's how you pronounce it. Um, kind of confused as to why the captain is there, um, but he's willing to face him head on to just you know figure out what the hell is going on. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have much to say about this one other than that. I don't know why it came out weird, but uh, other than that, this series just continues to be amazing, continues to be just an incredible, um, lighthearted take on Shazam. And even if he's having a bit of misfortune with his powers right now, like it's just it's just such a fun series to read. The art from Dan Moore is absolutely incredible, um, and uh, it just feels continues to feel like just the excellent Shazam book. And I was very pleased to to find out that this was an ongoing. For some reason, I thought it was a limited series, but it seems like they're going to keep the series going for as long as they can. So it's a Shazam I'm, book. I'm, that's been yeah. the that's been the practice for a long time. Is if we get uh, Shazam, no, because we had the Shazam limited series from Tim Sheridan. So I guess I I thought it was going to be another thing like that, and also the new champion of Shazam book, which is a limited series. Plus, so, Jeff Johns' last run on it was a limited series too. Well, no, that was intended to be an ongoing, but I oh. think the delays kind of made it into a limited series. But it seems like this is going to be a proper ongoing for however long they want that to be, which is awesome. So. I'm still loving this book, um, and uh, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, we can continue to have fun with it. So I gave this an 8.5 out of 10. Right on, right on. Um, honestly, I really don't know how much I'm into this book. It's it's number three in all of this, man. Everything that's going on in this book should be gripping my interest and in not letting go, especially for a Shazam book. Um, where there's been so many change-ups. Like, it, it feels like watered down water. Words on a page that just weren't engaging. Um, the art looks great. It's Dan Mora, of course. Really good team. The colors could honestly use some help blending highlights and lowlights. Shazam is flat out wearing rouge in a couple of these. But um, the story, man, more kicks ass, but the story just feels dead. Um, I am starting to wonder if I'm still a Mark Wade fan. Mm. Six, six out of ten. That would be a shame uh, to not be a Mark Wade fan because we talk about legendary creators, he's up there. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But I mean, much like with wrestling. Um, or, or all kinds of little other, other shit, you know, when, when Roman Reigns got that belt, it was great. And, and then he turned three years later to where he never shows up on any promotions. Yeah. It, it, you know, I mean, you start off fantastic. You're known for what you did, but I mean, at the end of it doesn't mean that you're going to be good forever because you were good at one time. Which, which, I mean, Mark Wade, I fucking great at one time legendary 
big, huge Mark Wade fan, but between World's Finest and, and this, I am so monumentally disappointed. I, I wish I could see it through your eyes, man, because I'm still loving World's Finest. Um, as for Shazam, though, like I, I'm kind of between you two. Where th- this issue, sure, it's only number three. Uh, it, it did kind of move the plot along slightly, but you're left with the same questions from when you started. Yeah. Like, even to the point, there's not even new questions. There's There wasn't much to talk about in this issue apart from we got a little of insight with the, the six gods, and then Billy went to Gorilla City. <laughs> and then we got a visit from an old Doom Patrol villain, which might have been the most interesting part of the issue. And you can't forget the accountant space dinosaurs that are threatening to invade the world if Billy Batson doesn't settle his debts. That sounds awesome when you say it like that. I think you're trying to be sarcastic. Like, no, that's, that's, it's, just, it's such a zany plot it idea. It's perfect uh, for Shazam. It's perfect that's, that's Shazam. I like. yeah. Yeah. All of yeah. like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The things that are going on should be gripping my interest. They just aren't. Yeah. Like I that's that's the kind of thing I'm feeling. Like I do think this book can get back on track, but they need to hurry up with this God's plot. Um and maybe get to some point where it does feel like I know Josh you don't like World's Finest right now, but get to a point where it is like World's Finest is just zany adventures. It's just fun. Because when you had those fun issues, like the first one was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that one. The second one had some plot developments, told us some story that was fine. This issue was missing all of that. See, Apart from the the uh, dinosaur accountant. Like that's Shazam should be zany, Shazam should be fun. But yeah. also right now, in Shazam, there's been so much shit going on. Yeah. With Mary, now she's empowered by other gods. Billy can and can't share the power. Um, he can and can't turn into the captain. Um, there's, there's, there's I mean, so he, many. He can. He just won't. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you know what I mean because yeah. it's there's a lot of shit to to, to resolve. And and just going going into that empty world's finest, it's fun to read kind of deal. It is is that's not gonna solve any of these questions that have been introduced over the past what six months or so. Yeah, you know, closer to a year, I think. By this point, Shazam's just been shit on since he went to hell. <laughs> If that's not a t-shirt. <laughs> I went to hell and all I got was shit on. <laughs> all I got was shit on. It was a fecal demon. Alright. Oh, yeah, I I gave a, a fucking 8 out of 10 because the art's fantastic. 8 out of 10. Excellent. Yeah. Alright. All Poison Ivy talk about a winner i hope uh, 14. that's only one Josh, way to find out from gods to the green written by g willow wilson art from marcio 
Uh, Jesus. Marcio Takara. Colors of Reef Prianto with Hassan Asmani Alhao on letters who has become my favorite letterer. Clayton Cowles has bumped down to second. Um, and another gorgeous Jessica Fong cover. Man, I have missed those over the past couple of months. They were so good covers. Beautiful. We pick back up after our unnecessary two-month break right where we left off. Man, that that two-month break sure was a nightmare, wasn't it? Um, Ivy fighting the murdered body of a man (laughs) with a flower blooming out of his face. Pam acknowledges that the killer has sent her a message, but what it is and where it's from, she doesn't know yet. So off she goes, hunting the clues down. Poison Ivy, private investigator. Pie pie. It's pie pie. Pie pie. Pie pie. Oh, God. Uh, So first glue, first clue, the guy was frightened to death, not poisoned. So like I said, off she goes, and it doesn't take long for her to track things down to Undyne Holdings, owned by Peter Undyne, a slime ball that Luther invited to Gotham way back in no man's land. That's the second deep cut that's been made this week. Wait, so, what was uh, the what was the first deep cut? The nuclear explosion in Blue Haven? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean it's a throwback. It's a it's a, it's a throwback for sure. Yeah. All right. So Peter Undyne, Sleazeball, No Man's Land. Her investigation takes her to a trippy hallways go on forever place where she can't even keep track of herself or her own pheromones, which usually act like a trail of breadcrumbs for her. Excuse me. So while all of this is going on, Janet is helping Ivy out by investigating Undyne Holdings by applying for a job, which she doesn't think she'll get because of the questions that she asked. She's about to bring up an earlier conversation that she had with Harley, where Harley was very nice and told her that she liked her and then basically said that the place wasn't big enough for the three of them and called her side quest, which I thought was fucking hilarious yeah. <laughs> anyway <laughs> she was about to say something when she hangs up because batman swings in to tell her to leave ivy before she can't calling ivy a terrorist what a dick janet responds by hitting him with a purse and running where she gets pulled out of sight by harley from the shadows of a nearby building after some light chastising from harley janet says now i see what ivy sees in you and they kiss flip back over to Ivy to close out the issue where she gets surprised by someone saying the building is changing and that both Ivy and himself are as well who this guy is I don't know it's not Floronic man it is not Bloom Um, it is a new flower based villain Uh, dresses in a blue suit and has a really pretty big ass flower for a face but that's all we know for now flower face flowerdale Flower face Frank. Flower flower flat never mind. I was making a chair face Chippendale joke, but it didn't Ah. work because tongue twisters suck. (laughs) That they do. 
Um, it's been a while since you heard me this, so here it is again. The art in this series is absolutely perfect, especially for this series. It's gorgeous to look at and encompasses a lot of different scenery that would have a lot of series bringing in separate artists. You don't get that here. And I can't get enough of Ivy's adventures. I've seen some shit online about this issue. People complaining about all of the cheating that's been going on in the series. But get a stick out of your ass. One, it's fictional characters. And two, there's such things as open relationships, polyamorous relationships, honest relationships, relationships with Harley Quinn. I mean, all things that people need to understand if they're going to get hung up on stuff like this. Seriously, I saw somebody give this a 5.5 out of 10 based on the infidelity. Fucking dumb. This that, book is awesome. Nine out of 10. I mean, well, I I didn't get to read this issue, so I, I can't speak for it all that much. But I don't know that Ivy's had a conversation with Harley about no. Janet yet. Yeah, so they know. That That is a little... That's... That's a little sketch. Like, yeah, Har- like, Harley, Harley does know about Janet. That's why she okay. referred to her as side quest and says, look, yeah. I appreciate everything that y'all have been through, etc., etc." Harley's just not hung up on it. So we could eventually be, we could eventually be looking at a Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn, Janet from HR team up book. <laughs> or a thruple. Or, yeah. or a thruple. If, yeah. Those aren't bad ideas if you got the if you got the heart for them. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, awesome, awesome, like, awesome, awesome. Nine out of ten. The the polyamory side of it, like that's rooted in you need to have open discussion with your partner. That needs to be conducted on trust. Needs to be conducted on open thoughts and feelings and agreeing on things. But the, none of that's happened here. Now, now, don't get me wrong. The 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 infidelity is not affecting the story for me whatsoever. If anything, it's like ooh drama. Like Man. that's what I'm looking at it as. Uh, the stuff with Janet and Ivy, at first, was like okay, this is a bit of a twist. I'm about it. Let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm. And then this is the follow up. Uh, Janet kisses Harley. Like, I could see Janet kissing Harley, but I don't see Harley kissing Aunt Janet back when not only, like, ten pages earlier she was saying, hey, do you want to, like, leave? Like, <laughs> I, I don't... Quest. Yeah, like, that's that's the part about it that's bugging me, is I don't see Harley making that move with Janet. Um, just based on, on the interactions they've had so far. Right, and I don't think we've seen anything that indicates that, uh, I don't think we've seen anything that indicates Brandon left. Um, I, I, though we have seen something that indicates Brandon left. We do. We have. Yeah. Um, but we <laughs> haven't seen anything that indicates that Pam has any real feelings for Janet at all. No. No. If anything, it was just a fling. But also not the only person that Pam slept with <laughs> on her excursion across right, the country. I mean, there was that entire psychedelic orgy. Yeah. You know, just there was that. And there was that other person at that factory. And I think there was another time. <laughs> yeah, so the orgy, yeah. the factory. Something else, Janet. maybe. Janet. I think that was it. 
but I could be wrong. Anyway, Poison Ivy is gonna flower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'm hoping uh, that this guy is Mr. Bloom 2.0. We'll, we'll see, but I doubt it. It's gonna be a, an original character. Um, the story we have had so far I was going to say this is issue 13, but it's issue 14, so the two issues so far. I don't have that same feeling from the original story in the first 12 issues. It doesn't feel as as exciting or interesting, but I'm still hooked. I'm still hooked on this book. It's still really good. Uh, just don't expect the same, I don't want to say excitement, but the same atmosphere as her cross-country journey. If that makes sense. It um, does. I didn't consider that this could be an evolution of Mr. Bloom. I honestly don't think it is. I'm just, I'm suffering from Mr. Bloom withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> could, be, could be. And I want more Bloom, so this is like, I'm secretly low-key hoping it's a Mr. Bloom 2.0, even though logically I think there's no fucking way. Well, well, we'll I tell you what, I would, I would much rather have Sundowner or or Mister Bloom, or literally anything other than Floronic Man. I mean, he's dead. Ish. Ish. It's in comics, <laughs> and Ivy ate him. So I yeah. mean, he's inside of her somewhere. That's disgusting. But absolutely <laughs> accurate. Yes. <laughs> because, I mean, he, he, he it's not the first time he's been destroyed and his consciousness lives on. It's like no. Anton Arcane, it just isn't going to die. Yeah. And the closer, I think, the closer that Ivy gets to the green, the closer she's going to become something like that as well. Just my personal opinion. Right. On a book that kicks ass... You should go yep. buy it if you're not. Definitely. Uh, the only thing I can say is I'm going to call this book uh, Poison Ivy Picture Show because all I'm saying is, damn it, Janet, 8 out of 10. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like that's, that? I did. That, that, that was a good one. That was a good one, my man. Yeah. All right. Now we're on to our last issue for this show. Uh, and it has, I want to say, divided the fan base, at least the fan base on this show. But I, I'm i taking the role of Josh this week, uh, where <laughs> I have the differing opinion. <laughs> we'll see. We, because even all, all I posted a, uh, a page or two out of this issue on Reddit on Tuesday, and everybody was like this is fucking dumb <laughs> i i realize i am i am heavily in the minority here but i i will explain my side this is batman number 137 parts one slash two kind of of the gotham war subsection uh, a subsection a yes uh this is written by chips dersky with art from jorge jimenez colors from tomamori and letters from clayton cowles when I was writing these credits down, I realized I actually have these ones memorized. <laughs> well, I, I've never memorized an entire creative team for a book before, but like 
these four just seem so iconic for the title now for me. Uh, I, uh? I said perfect. Yeah. Right on. All right. So we open up on two criminals uh, posing as maintenance people. Uh, pulling off a yeah, pulling off a heist yeah. again, uh, as led by as taught by Catwoman, but Batman is there and instantly takes them out. And then we get a little clip show of him taking the fight to all sorts of criminals that were trained by Catwoman, uh, and he's picking off most of her uh, upper echelon, the, the heads. The people she in her inner circle, I guess I'll say, because that's not really been named yet. Um, and she's starting to get stressed out with just what the hell's gonna happen. Uh, she says to call Jason, and as he's tracking down one more person, he's looking a little mentally worse for wear and and just maybe a little bit Zeranar. We will see how that goes. Uh, he is found by Robin, uh, and he has a bit of a confrontation tells him to stand down uh or he'll arrest him myself because you know him and the rest of the bat family seem to be okay with crime now uh then we get a brief reprise at the clock tower where the rest of the bat family are discussing what the hell to do next and jason thinks we need to uh stop him at the very least stay one step ahead of him so they go off to do their thing uh and Oh, this happened in this issue. Yeah, Catwoman and Jason set off a plan. <laughs> Sorry, I was remembering something different. I remember the, the, the panel I was about to read. I thought that happened in the, the last issue. Um, all right, so they set a plan in motion to get ahead of Batman and take him down and also get the rest of the Catwoman crew to safety. But Batman is ahead of them even further uh, where where they thought he was going to be he's not there and instead he goes straight to the source takes out some people and gets attacked by jason uh then the rest of the family show up yeah robin nightwing signal both batgirls all there to help fight batman and maybe not take him down but subdue him trying to talk some sense into him uh, and between Nightwing and Red Hood, they do get a bit of an upper hand. Batman falls out of a building, falls on a car, and as Jason is about to hit him with a crowbar for the final blow, Damien comes in and punches the mask off of Jason, in, which was the page I posted on Reddit because I thought it was really fucking cool. Mm -hmm. um, but then Damien helps Batman escape, and the rest of the family is left to lick their wounds. Uh, some of the Catwoman crew have escaped, but not all have survived the excursion. Uh, Batman is pondering what to do next um, and then realize, uh, gets a visit from a, bro a banker. I was going to say a broker. A banker uh, who tells oh, him that uh, something's gone on with his manor, that the brownstone was purchased with the, the mansion as collateral, but the mansion is no longer his, and maybe he should pay more attention to his financials. So Bruce drives straight to the cave and tries to figure out what the hell he's going to do. Has a little mental confrontation with Zeranar, and reminds himself that Zeranar is locked away, and he has a moment where he's just down on himself. Everything's falling apart. He's lost his home, his family, his body is falling apart. All he has left is his mansion. 
Uh, but then he notices the clock entrance to the mansion is open, uh, and he realizes someone is there, and that someone is none other than the new owner of Wayne Manor, Vandal Savage. You gotta be shitting me! <laughs> Vandal Savage then clues together that Batman is Bruce Wayne. What is that clip from? <laughs> I don't even remember. Oh shit, sounds so familiar. Um, okay, so I, I will explain the parts that I liked first. Uh, no, they explain the, the, the difference between the parts I like the parts I, I think are dumb. I can agree that the parts with the family are really fucking dumb. The motivations behind the family, their place in the story, and the voices that are set for them, for the most part, are really off and don't make a lot of sense with the story still. But the overall voice for Batman... And with the the mental degradation and the stress put on his body and his mind and just his emotions, uh, I can feel for that. Like he's he's falling apart. He knows it, and he doesn't know how to fix it. He has no plan for this. He's lost his hand. He's lost his family. He's lost his home. He's lost all his money. Shit's just going out of control, and he can't grasp at it. Well, that's, I that's, am that's what he's loving doing, that desperately yeah. grasping for anything. Exactly. At that that is something I'm loving because for me that's a new angle for Batman that we haven't seen because he's always had something. If he hasn't had his family, he's had his mansion, he's had Alfred. Now he doesn't have Alfred, maybe he had his family. Family's gone, he had the money. And, but everything's fucking gone. He's always had something. Now he has nothing. And that's gonna take a toll on his mind. And add then to the fact that his body is beginning to fail him and he's not as sharp and, and strong as he used to be. That's going to take a toll. It's that, Batman aging. Really, really that, interesting. That point that you pointed out, which should be interesting, is literally why this issue fails for me in every single way. But oh, I'll, I'll explain me. on that later. I, I like tuned my hearing off for like three seconds. What was the point that Rob just made? Uh, oh, just that, that all of the things that Batman has kind of had in his life, his family, you know, Alfred, the money, all of that is is gone now. Um, and he's kind of, you know, adrift, mm-hmm. which, okay. again, should have been applied in a much better way, in a fitting Batman way, but was not, which, again, for me is, is why everything about this just completely falls apart. Okay, so it's not not, you, not so much the the fact that it's happening, but the the way it's being. No, because I mean that's that's just drama. Like, yeah, yeah, obviously, you know, you lose your family, all that stuff, but it's like the, the fact well, that's I'll, happening. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you finish, and then I'll get into my my critiques. Okay. Um, uh, there are some cool moments with the family, like I said, with Damien punching Jason so hard his mask shattered. I thought that was really fucking cool, but everything else was dumb. Um, and the art is Jorge, it's fantastic, except for Nightwing. And Brandon, I blame you. Because <laughs> we, you and I once had a discussion about it, about Jorge and his anatomy. anatomy. Yeah. And well, you were the one who pointed out that there were people who didn't look like that. And I was like, yeah, yes, I mean, I guess. Because but... you, you, you brought up Nightwing's body from a story that Jorge drew months yes, ago. That was, that was, yeah, that was you, you told me to find a, a, a person that has this body shape. And sure, I did. But since that day, I've not been able to stop thinking about that body shape and thought, as, as much as this is like real, 
that's not Nightwing. It looks fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> I and I just don't like it now. It's so the man. art for me is fantastic, except for Nightwing. Yeah. 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 Well, it's just when he draws Nightwing like that, and I don't know why. Because there's some panels where he looks like really cool, like when he's just running towards Bruce. And yeah. Fine. Yeah, but, but yeah, when he's standing reason, still, it's like, yeah, it's like a it's full like, body shot. He's like, it's a why. It's, it's a why. why. Yeah. Why? Yeah, it's a great way of putting it. Yeah. yeah that's it's weird. It's his body is like that because of his acrobatics. That's where Jimenez is getting that body source from. But it's just the it's like, exceptional. It's, it's so it's so counter to any other representation it's, of Nightwing that we had. And like, yeah, realistic like he, or not, he's like, been slim, like, yeah, muscular slim. He's not been exactly. slim, 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 huge upper body. I'm looking at that one page right now, and I agree with you. It, yeah. It's exaggerated for sure. The rest of yeah. the book, not quite so much. Well, that, that's my point. It's whenever it's those full body shots, it just yeah, uh, like uncanny. Yeah, like this uh, this page right here where he's running. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking. About. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, like that, that's cool. That's cool. But like yeah, the one where he's sitting like there with the scrumistics. Yeah, and, yeah. and there's there's that's... like another one like that where <laughs> it's, he's standing next to Oracle and they're all talking about you know what do we do about Bruce and it's like that too and I'm like oh my god. Oh, I didn't even look at the. It's, it's like the inverse of like that Adam Driver still from the Last Jet, or not the Last. <laughs> you know, I think it's the Last Jet. Yeah. Um, where it's like he's just he's so wide. Yeah. The ben camera like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the inverse of that, where it's just like instead of being swole, he's like swole, but only the top half of it, and the other is like just hollow. Yeah, it's. It's a weird choice, but I love the rest of the art, and I can't be mad at Jorge. He's beautiful. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Zurinar is exciting, and that's all I had. Eight point two five out of ten. It'd be an eight point five, except for the issues, <laughs> the problems. Okay, I'm just gonna get mine out of the way because I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Mildly annoying that we would have to talk about this again. Um, my score is a 6.5. My major complaints can be tracked to a couple of things, some of which you've already touched. Number one, the voices for the family are like insane and ridiculous. Um, especially, I think the, the, the standout for me had to be Steph, who only got like a brief panel. But I'm like, Steph, your father was clue master like a someone who literally just used his resources for evil who used his his modicum of intelligence to commit crimes and you're going around watching crimes in progress with all of the baggage that you have growing up with a villain as a father and you're just like nah i'll just whatever i'll just let it happen like i just i could not believe that, that that could even happen and i don't know maybe there's some justification you can make but that just seems so inane to me but yeah everyone in the everyone in the family the voices just felt so forced like we have to make them this way to service the plot um the biggest problem i think the most glaring problem is rob you i think correctly identified that batman is without everything right now he's lost his family again you could say that's of his own making He's lost his wealth, again, because of just life that has happened to him at this point. He's lost a lot of the things that have enabled him to be Batman with ease. And I do think that is 
that that could be an interesting story. However, for for those of us who are are well read on the Grant Morrison Batman run, or even Batman Year One, or even just Batman in general, what is the one thing that in times of crisis or in his most dire moments, Batman always relies on? What was the what was the I think Grant called it the first rule of Batman. Do you guys remember? No, I actually don't. The first I had rule help. of Batman is you don't talk about Batman. <laughs> nice. Um, no, first rule is I had help. It's always been that. Yeah. I'm at my lowest moment. It's like there has been someone to, to help me, someone I, I can talk to. I like, remember that, that page. That's, that's just that that's how it like from the from the very beginning like when when he was ready to accept death and the bat crashed in through the window and he's like well that's my sign let me call alfred so he can save my fucking life and make me a bat costume like i just the, the life of me or for the life of me i can't understand how in one of the worst moments of your life you could not accept help from the family it was literally just they're not even they're not even there to necessarily I mean, it sounds like they're there to confront you, and again, that's why they're they're sort of out of character. But I think in an ideal world, they're they would have been there to just say like, "Hey, we know you've been through a lot. Let's just kind of process this, figure out a way where you can maybe handle some of these demons." And then, when you're in a more calm state, and I think you could agree that you're kind of agitated right now, we can move forward. But he doesn't do any of that. He just is like, "Fuck you all. I'm gonna do what I want to do." like a child, and then just runs off. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to talk about this too much. because It feels ridiculous that they're still having the whole, like, oh, Batman needs help. He can't just do it all himself. He just push everyone away argument in the year of our Lord, 2023. But here we are. Um, best thing I can say is Jorge's art continues to level up. Honestly, it's like he gets better and better, which is incredible. I, I, like, I thought he had peaked with... Um, Future State? With, he didn't do future state, um, but what, I, yeah, I he did a few, didn't he? No, you're probably thinking of Dan Moore. Yeah, you're probably thinking of Fear State. Fear State. Um, that yeah, I am I thought, thinking oh, of Fear okay, State. Yeah. Jesus, um, future state. But, but yeah, no, I, I thought he had peaked <laughs> with um, uh, with with failsafe, where it's just like, wow, you're like firing on all cylinders. But he just finds like new and interesting ways to just really level up his art style. So it's incredible. And easily the best part, and honestly, kind of the only part of why I would still read this story. Otherwise, I would have dropped off with the primer issue that we had last week. So, yeah, six and a half out of ten. It's, it's tiring. But... That's like a one and a half from Brandon. Yeah, um... that's, that's a bad. <laughs> but before, Josh, before you, you, you bring up your review and your thoughts, just one point I thought of just now that mm-hmm. I want to say before I forget what do y'all think are the chances and this is this is a reach for me what do y'all think are the chances that by the end of the story or at least at some point during Zdarsky's run we're going to see a young Terry McGinnis show up that's a bit of a reach but it is a big reach I'm just pulling it out of thin air but like I don't know where that would fit in I mean it would be kind of cool but like it it could just be like way down the line yeah, I'm because I'm thinking like this. This is Chip is, is setting up the story where Bruce is starting to have his decline. Yeah. He's getting older. He's having his old age set in, 
and maybe by the end of this he's going to start to come to terms with the fact that he just can't be the batman he used to be and maybe if the family does not completely agree with his mission he's going to need to look for a successor and that will tie into that big reveal at the end of the batman beyond series where terry is actually bruce's kid and was always meant to be batman and so anyway. <laughs> um, we, we, I, I have I, I have feelings about the the reveal that he was like his clone or something. But yeah, we can we talk about that some other time. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm not fair enough. Fan of that. But in any case, I I do actually kind of agree with you. Although, and this was like completely off the wall, but I I um I reread the issue earlier today just because I kind of wanted to get my thoughts in order, um and just to see if I kind of changed since um, reading it last week. Um, and I don't know, this, this might be kind of wild, but just hear me out. Okay. What if Jason became Batman or I it's more probably to say, what if Jason became a Batman? Because I, I just, I was reading it again and I was like, maybe there's something, something I'm not seeing, but there's this line that Dick has where it's like, oh, it's weird to see you, you know, take on the role of the responsible one or something. Yes. And he has this kind of new relationship with Selena where I think he's going to be more in line with her. Well, not even I think he's more in line with her vision. And I just kind of had this thought. I was like, you know, if, if Jason's like Bruce is clearly off his rocker right now, he can't be Batman. He's not in the right headspace, but someone has to be, you know, what if I just kind of step in and I'm working as maybe not Selena's Batman, but the Batman that would sort of allow Selena's empire to exist but also maintain order in Gotham. Um, something th- like that. I think that could really work, but I think it would only work if Bruce was no longer Batman. Yeah, um, which can't we're getting close. because we have Batman and Robin next to me, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> I don't want to spoil it, but suffice it to say, it's like he's not really going anywhere anytime soon, unless they just completely fuck this book over. Yeah. Batman and Robin seem to be both connected and and independent of the rest of the universe. But um, uh, as well, far, again, as I'm not giving away any finer details, but let's just say it's very connected. Okay. okay. Um, so there's been discourse here and all over the internet. Um, it looks like the whole Bat Fam is on Selena's side with Batman retaining Damien only. Maybe Batwoman, we don't know. She wasn't in this issue. What we do know is we've got a beaten up, broken Batman who's kind of really liking the idea of his robot hand. We've got Damien doubling down on his daddy issues with his loyalty to Bruce. And um, we got Bruce losing it mentally. His body's already started to fail him. We knew that. He's down one hand now. Um, it feels like we're slowly watching him go through a breakdown. The story is very intriguing as far as I'm concerned. I figured the divide would be more equal, but actually all of it makes sense. All of the Bat family have had such monumental character progression over the years that they have moved away from the black and white way that Bruce sees the world. Some of them never even had it. Tim, Steph, Cass, Dick, Duke, they they all see things, they see the world in a much better light. And their argument against Bruce is that this is what he wanted. 
he wanted the the crime off of the streets he wanted people to be able to walk down the streets without having to worry about the sound of a footstep coming up behind them and he's got it the bat family see that the bat family sees that gotham is what they always wanted it to be batman it's time to pull back and chill out. Which I call bullshit on, too. Honestly, like, can we talk about this whole plot thread? I don't mean to interrupt you, no. but I, just, ahead, I, saw, I saw a comment somewhere that was like, Selena has taught these criminals how to steal effectively and steal only from the rich. And maybe there was a line in the, like, battle lines or whatever the one shot we read last week um, was called that said, like, they're required to give some of it to charity. Yeah. But like, real talk, if you're teaching criminals how to steal, do you really think they're gonna be, oh, they're they're giving it to their families? No, they're gonna be like out buying things for themselves in an incredibly selfish and, and conceited manner. Like I don't I'm not Mr. Law and Order here, but like I'm guessing if you get a bunch of Riddler and Joker goons, teach them how to steal and say, okay. Now give like 15% to charity and then maybe you can use the rest to, you know, like service yourself or something or help others or whatever. I guarantee you they probably are not going to give 15%, probably going to give like 5% at best if they even do. And the rest they're going to just use on whatever selfish interest they have. So really it's just you're stealing from the rich to spend for yourself. You're not, you're not Potentially. distributing in, in any way. Um, so there's this whole thing like, oh, crime is off the streets. If anything, is. you're just making it a more, like, I don't know, peaceful steel world. I mean, yeah, maybe it's peaceful. Maybe there's less, like, super crime, but people are still stealing and stuff. It just, this but whole thing of, like, streets. yeah, I guess. But it's just, like, this, this whole thing, I just, I don't buy it. It just doesn't make sense to me. There's that point where you need to ask... So Selena's training these hench people to be better criminals and work for themselves and be like thieves like her. So she's training a better class of criminal. And also, sure, they might be stealing from the rich now, but at what point does somebody think, maybe I could use these skills to rob a bank? Yeah. Maybe well, I could then, use these skills to mug someone. Uh, I think that the way that the picture has been painted is that Selena isn't just teaching these people how to steal better. She's running all of the organized crime in Gotham, meaning she's top dog. There's nobody higher up the food chain than she is. None of the other henchmen, hirers, Joker, Riddler, Two-Face, none of them are active right now because they can't get the henchmen. Because the henchmen are like, no, I'm good getting fucked up by Batman. I'm good nearly dying. I'm good working for the Joker who might just shoot me in the fucking face for no reason. Or Two-Face who could do the same thing if the coin landed on the wrong fucking side. Instead, I'm going to go over here where it's easy street. All I got to do is follow Catwoman's rules and donate 10% of my my haul to unicef and we're all good yeah right <laughs> i just i don't i don't buy it like if i was if i was some riddler goo and i'm yeah i'm totally yeah i'm totally gonna give my 10 percent to charity definitely wink and then i'm gonna go out and buy myself a new ferrari like the fuck 
I just I don't I don't believe that. I'm not I'm not even saying that criminals can't reform. Obviously they can, but like if you're talking someone who is willing to work for a homicidal clown, I just have a harder time believing that suddenly they're going to see the light of the angels and then all of a sudden oh, you know they're, they're I don't know. I just I, I I have a really hard time believing it, and I have an even harder time believing that all of a sudden because they they've learned how to to cat burgle violent crime has just suddenly dipped as if as if everyone is going to embrace this or or as if like all the other vices that would exist in gotham would just suddenly disappear overnight like i'm sure you know drug crime hasn't changed because they learned how to cat burgle just because i know how to steal some diamonds doesn't mean that i'm gonna use that skill to you know push a kilo or whatatever like i just i i I have have such a hard time believing that because these people learned how to steal like ninjas it suddenly makes the world a nice eden or something so anyway i just i had to say that because like they keep talking about like oh you know it's oh it's so much more peaceful now but i just i don't believe it it's hard to believe well the proof is there out in the streets and nightwing wouldn't lie to you um, but the idea of Red Hood turning into Batman, he's the only one that I would choose other than Tim. I think Tim should definitely be the one that becomes Batman. Or, if he doesn't put on the costume, at least take his place. But um, in this in, in this avenue, I would take Red Hood as well, a year or two down the line. Batman's walking around with a cane. Um, as far as the book, Jimenez and More always kill it. Every single time. Every page is pretty. Every single page and the story is on point. It's right where I want it to be. Catching me off guard while not going too crazy. Nice. I gave it a 9.25 out of 10. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I loved it, man. I, I absolutely loved it. Oh, my God. Oh, you said you gave it a 9.25 out of 10. I gave it a 9.25 out of 10. What the fuck bizarro world is this? Yeah, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm so confused. I, I am seeing the, the, the Bat family being happy and satisfied that they got what they want. What, what their mission was, their mission is done. They got violent crime off the streets and People don't have to worry about getting shot because they're walking down the street. So well, because yeah. that's yeah, that's definitely ha- well. Anyway, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a your comic book for Christ's sake. It ain't I, the New I'm York just, Times. Like, it's just it's, it's <laughs> I know like I I know I know it's a comic and like I use that that argument all the time. But they're they're framing this argument as if you're meant to believe that it's a rational thing, and it just it doesn't come across that way at all. Like it just it doesn't make sense. So I'm I'm kind of riding the fence on this this whole debate about whether the Bat Family is right or not. As I usually do, ride fences. It's it's one of my favorite pastimes. Um, where I I don't like honestly believe that 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 this is the right way that the majority of the Bat Family would go. Um, simply by some of the dialogue that Bruce had in the last issue, or in part one of the story rather. But at the same time, 
you also get the feel that the two people that are 100% against it, Bruce and Damien, kind of have their own ideas here. Where Damien's whole idea is 100% hero, and he used to be an assassin, so he's taking those skills, and he just, like, crime is evil and whatnot. So that's that's his whole bag, that's his whole shtick, that makes sense. Um, but with Bruce, like, it's, it's his psyche now, and his, between his psyche going downhill and Zer infecting his mind like his 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 whole mind is basically in shock so i could definitely see his his whole perception being tainted even more so when he saw that criminal get shot and killed last issue like violent crime for the common person might be down but violent crime towards criminals is still happening and if whether it's happening to a criminal or not it's still violent crime to me it sounds like batman's making fucking excuses to not take the cowl off that's it's, what I... it's a fine line, really. That's the thing. They're, they're skirting the fine line between whether this is a good idea or a bad idea. And yeah. and this is where they're dividing like so many fucking... They're dividing even both of your opinions. Like, I'm surprised that the two of you have the opinions you have. I thought it would be the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely not. I, I have been begging, pleading, and demanding um... I've been begging, pleading, and demanding for us to see character progression in all of the Bat family. And for about, hell, for a long fucking time. It, yeah, this it's was definitely stale. progression, watching them fight again. Like, they haven't done that multiple times already. <laughs> oh yeah, my god, they've come so far. Hey, guys, do you remember when Bruce Wayne was accused of being a murderer back in 2002? And... Immediately upon hearing that, he's like, years "Fuck ago. my," is like, "Fuck my identity." No, but this is my point. It's like my identity is like, "Oh well, you know, I guess I'm just forget Bruce Wayne. I'm not Bruce Wayne. I'm just Batman." And everyone's like, "Shut the hell up! You're not. You're you're obviously two people." And immediately they just start fighting. They lash out because they're like, "This is ridiculous." That was 21 years ago. 21 years. We're ago. still doing this stuff. We're still but doing this like. You in can't the just, last 21 it, years, the family has fought like six more times. I know, and I'm like, are you serious? It, it's I'm progression kind of, for the city of Gotham, yeah, but it's not progression for not the progression family. for the family. And the and the funny thing is, like, they actually the, their motivations they, they for what's say, happening they is say progression. In this issue, to a, oh, yeah, to a certain degree, I guess. Yeah, to a certain said, degree, no, but like, not. it's like it's just they they never learn. And I know that's the the I, like why am I even why am I even having this topic in a comic that has to go on forever that will outlive me but i'm just saying like it's ridiculous like how can how can anyone go like wow look at how far they've come and they're still doing the same thing they were doing when i was like a toddler <laughs> so i'm I mean, just the wondering could, the same I'm wondering, could be said of any like, other long-running comic book but that, that's that's my point i'm like how could you call it progression when they're they have changed so little like, I just, I don't, I don't understand Cass, that at all. Cass so, so has changed change. a fucking phenomenal yeah. amount in yeah. the last 10 years. I know so that, has but I'm saying, Tim. like, oh, well, this, hold on, this, so this is Stephen Tim. Of like, of, like, oh, we, we couldn't, we literally, we literally couldn't just be like, hey, we know a lot has happened with Zer, which I know they've tried to do. Like, you can come at us if you want, but, like, let's, let's just, like, before we get into any histrionics, let's just sit here and not 
fight about this. Batman wasn't interested in that. Batman came in and said, fuck you and the horse he rode in on. Which is also a ridiculous thing, too. Because, like, which goes back to my first point. Like, even with the Zor thing, I would think if I was on the brinks of collapse, if I was on the brink of collapse, the first thing I would do is try and make sure that I could, you know, fall back on my, no pun intended, fail-safe to try and make sure that I don't completely lose it. But like if I, if I knew, already lost it. He, he's like, crime I'm isn't like, done he, until there's no more crime. He I doesn't just, even know how far he's lost. I, like, I, I, I'm a, I, I hate that I'm always in the middle. I agree uh, with both of you and disagree with both of you. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... Yeah, I, yeah, like, the Bat family has definitely progressed in some ways. And sure, there's the whole, like... What the fuck was I going to say? Oh, my God. The, the whole idea of them, like agreeing with Calvin one thing and Bruce disagreeing one thing but then the family has to hunt him down at that point same point you're making Josh if Bruce should just take off the cowl if they all agree with Catwoman, why haven't they taken off their masks and just let Bruce be Bruce why do they have to go like Bruce being if Bruce they want to hunt them down and talk to him in time. that's one thing but why do they got to go in guns blazing and like yeah. start to fight? It's, it's Bruce is acting like vigilante right now. He's not acting like Bruce. Everything needs to be annihilated. There can be no crime. <laughs> yeah. Which, but, you know, but, you would man, think man, is probably, is probably the point at which you would go, ah, shit. I really should like calm down right now, and you know, we talk to someone about this. He's I don't know. That's the, civ- that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that Batman would do. Batman I don't know. was I don't know born with PTSD, for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least he's had it since he was eight. But I mean, he's fucked in the head, and all of that's coming coming through now. There, I I really don't think that there would have been any t- 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 talking to Bruce about it because he just came in flat out and said, "All of you are okay with this." And most of them said, I don't know. And he basically said, well, fuck off then. And, and dove out the fucking window for all intents and purposes. Yeah. I just don't know why they, they don't just let him be. Because if they, if they don't, he is the one that's going after. He blew up the fucking, he blew up the fucking hideout. I just, I, I he just showed don't understand up why we keep blew. getting these arcs about, like, how much you know Bruce has changed and how much more comfortable he is with his family and how much he's progressed and then literally when he's like I'm not feeling so great he's immediately like ah but you know I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell anyone about it like it's fine whatever <laughs> like literally in in I I was going over um 136 issue 136 the one right before this and it's like there's a moment where where Dick is like Hey, I know I heard about everything that happened with Zur. Like, are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? And he's just like, Yeah, I'm fine. Like, like Bruce. That's, that's your partner. Would. Like, why after ever everything you've been through and also the incredible amount of trust that you've put in him, why would you not just say like you don't even have to talk to him about the hand? You could just say, like, yeah, it's you know, it it's been a little much, but like I think with your support, I could probably probably make it through i just would like you to check me on a couple of things like i just it's it's baffling to me that, that we're still I mean, doing this that's that would years. be the common sense approach but bruce has never been one where actually man 
I thing, things aren't that great. Would you would you mind sitting down and having a fifteen with me? That's why we had all those arcs previously to get us that. away from that point. So yeah, I can't. This is us moving like, away from that point with Batman yeah. eventually retiring. Or that's being put that's down. what I was saying. We could see uh, younger. He's like, yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, you you say progression, but at the same time, you're talking about things that are arguably regression. So you're you're making two points that are counterintuitive. Wait, how was how was Bruce retiring regression? No, 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 not not the regression point. But you're saying like you said historically, Bruce has always kind of pushed his family away. Yes. Okay. But we've had arcs in the past where he realized that's bad. That's not the thing that you should do, right? So progression would be seeing those moments in the past, saying, that's what I did. It didn't work out. It only made things worse. Here's what I should do, and then do that, right? right. We've had like, multiple points where that's happened. And yet he's still doing the same thing over and over again. He's I've, like Atlas. He's holding the, the sky forever. I've Just been, complaining um, about the fact that he's still doing it. So I've, I, been, I just, I, I've been I, a Batman fan that. since my very first comic book, and that is just Batman. Now, the progression that I'm talking about is only, and I mean only, with the Bat family, not Batman himself. Everyone else over the last 10 years has evolved into much, much better characters, with the exception of Nightwing, who was, he was there quite a while ago. But everybody else has really evolved with the exception of let's say Duke because he hasn't really had any time to shine. But um Tiss. Um Yeah. But he uh, speak. Which is kinda dumb. Yeah. But um well on the same time I'm I, I we also believe that not everybody needs to have a fucking speech bubble. Um but it'd be nice if Duke could get at least what we're in now and then. <laughs> oh, I ain't gonna argue that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the progression I'm talking about is with the Bat Family and everything that Batman himself has produced. But Batman himself has not done anything remotely close to that. And um, I th I think that the the progression that we have seen with the bat family the bat family members is is like, all designed know, I, to slowly I, I work toward i don't i don't agree with retirement. you because we've had multiple arcs in the past that have literally been the antithesis of what you've just said which is that like batman has a tendency to be very stubborn but is frequently and constantly learning from that mistake which yes i know you can't have permanent progression you need it for the sake of drama but I don't know. I'm waiting for Rob to, to come back, but I don't want to. I don't want to just like sit here in silence. Um, oh. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like we could argue about this all day, but I just I, for the life of me, I can't. I can't understand that. At the very least, this is one time where I feel slightly uh, vindicated by the internet, because I normally don't re read reviews, but I will say that. Um, seeing the internet come together and rally against how cosmically stupid this was was, was slightly validating. So, I hey, can, don't I bring can... cosmic into this. Cosmic, cosmically. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's all I get to say because we could we could 
Yeah, we could go all night with this, but yeah, and I'd rather talk about something else. Yeah, we, we have a whole bonus. Our, uh, our next book is, is much more exciting to talk about. Tonight. Yes, I'm siding with all of Batman Juniors, and Brandon is siding with Batman. And I never won in once in a million years what I, I would ever sign with the Bat family, but they're not family. here. I didn't read them in this issue, I just read a bunch of imposters, clones, <laughs> and Batman, I assume. Oh, man, oh, man. he sounds like family, me were in this issue i would have totally been with them but they weren't here so you know holy shit is this brandon talking about batman or is this me talking about superman i don't know We've been <laughs> all right well i guess that is it you guys want to move on to the you guys want to move on to the top three and favorite moment uh, I will skip my top three because all three of my top three books, spoiler alert, are in the bonus show. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I did mine up separately. Number three went Steelworks, number four. Two went IV-14, and one went Batman 137. Um, my favorite moment from the first part of the show, this regular show, um, I, the brief exchange between Steel and Lana when the break-in happens... Steel says, stay here. Lana says, what did you say? Steel says, I said, come on, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, just, just noteworthy, it feels like DC is giving us a, PA, a PSA this week. Don't trust the janitor. We've had two cleaning crews break into steel shit. Just in these issues. Steelworks and Batman. Oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That opening sequence, yeah. Yep. Don't yeah. trust the janitors, folks. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, um, if anybody's out there seen Scrubs, you know you can't trust janitor. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I seen got, Scrubs. I, you gotta watch Scrubs. You get through the first scrubs. season, yeah. and it's so much better. I gotta do that. Um, I guess, yeah, I, I can split up between the show because I can make up top three for the books we did today. Uh, number three, City Boy. Number two, Batman. Number one, Poison Ivy. Uh, favorite moment for me, though, was Damien punching Jason so hard his mask shattered. It was just so fucking cool. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that that is it. That is the show. Oh, wait, Brandon, Brandon's uh, yeah, well, got some. Because, um, yeah, I, I, most of my top three are also ones from the bonus show. Um, so I, uh, yeah, um, uh, if I had to choose, I'd probably put Steelworks at three, City Boy at two, and Shazam at one for this particular one, um, with my favorite one probably just being the double page spread of Shazam. Flying the bus into <laughs> the city. I, that's just like yeah. that was sweet. that's some classic. Yeah. And he's like he's so excited. Man. He's like, how could you? I mean, I know everything's going on, but like it's a it's a gorilla city. Like, how are you not going to want to see that? When are you ever going to get to see a gorilla city again? Exactly. Like that was yeah. so so wonderfully childlike. Well, then okay, there we go. That is the show. We're gonna get out of here, so you have to as well. Be careful out there, and remember, in the Geek Matrix, you are not alone. <laughs>